I hope that all of Rack's family is actually dead, only because like. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 not like I know it's just funny the way you said it, <laughs> but because like I'm so tired of these stories where they're like, yeah, and we wiped out his whole clan. Just kidding. He's actually got like twelve cousins <laughs> that are still alive, and it's like, did you kill them or not? Because like, hey, wait, that's a triple play. New episodes of Kill Way. Yeah. Open your mind at the first gate. Press play, no need to debate. Hey, wait, check me out. Yeah. Plugged in, you could catch the hype. Golden Dawn, how we follow the light. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with the boys, Isaiah. Oh, hi, oh. And Gavin. What is Gucci Shoes? And today we're hitting you with more Tower of God, our in-depth analysis and discussion on the chapters we went over in our live stream. If you've not caught that already, you definitely don't want to miss it, but... This time, you're going to want to go over to the AOA Reacts channel where we will be posting our live reactions and read-throughs because it only makes sense on that channel from here on out. So you can catch the initial four that we have here, but you're going to have to hop ship and go over to the reaction channel to catch our live reaction to it. So definitely don't miss that. Then come right back and you can catch this episode along with our blog post discussion, which we posted on this channel yesterday. So don't want to miss it. Um, before we get into it, let's go over our comment of the day. Isaiah, if you want to take it away. Sure thing. Uh, so this comment comes from Nomad Vaughn, the boy. Mm. Uh, the he, His answer was, Bam is a wave controller. The question was, what position is Bam? Uh, and the comment reads, going down the theory rabbit hole, both Bam and Jihad have a similar spark as per Thor. But remember what Garam told Bomb, that Jihad made a contract to become king of the tower in season two, uh, chapter 240. Uh, or number three, these numbers, this chapter thing almost fucked me up. It's <laughs> somewhere around 240 to 320, whatever that means. Uh, so maybe the seeds are a part of the contract. Totally forgot about the seeds until today. <laughs> but then that would depend on what time period this is, uh, this jihad is from. But as we know, time and age mean nothing in the tower. This discussion vid made me think and research. Good stuff. <laughs> Again, thank you, thank you for the kind words. That's and awesome. uh, yeah, I I definitely find myself doing that where it's like this story is so long, you know, that like we get to a new set of chapters and you're like, oh, it's got to be this thing. And yeah. somebody's like, well, what about that? Like that hole that was in season one. And you're yeah. like, oh, right. Yeah, totally forgot. Yeah. <laughs> happens all the time. All the time. I don't even know where Casno is, dog. I totally <laughs> forgot. I was like thinking about oh, it during yeah. live stream. I was like, what ever happened is. to like that whole plot thread? Dude, but I don't even know. There's so many characters in I this think, story. I it's think like that insane. was like the last time we saw him was when White like hella dissed him. I remember because he like fucked up Wang Nan and then White was like, basically, you got to be a weapon or a person and you're yeah. shit at both. <laughs> and then like walked away. <laughs> and I was like, just him so bad he just quit <laughs> what's crazy is that they left him but they took the traveler yeah like they have to the travel with them but I, not cast did he I don't do even, his own thing i, I don't know he's gotta be doing it's, his own thing where he's like gotta day. find himself and come to grips and <laughs> that whole story arc there i feel are, like he should have took the traveler there's though. so <laughs> many characters in this freaking story but no bad thank you very much for the comment and thank for you. watching our videos all the way throughout mm. so don't miss our question at the end of this one yes mm. anyway Let's hop into this discussion here. Gavin, if you'd like to take it away with the first question. Okay, what do we got here? We got Irene Sharda. Uh, 
Iran states that if anyone out of the 13 of them should have been king, it should have been Bam's father, V. Also, he states that V and Jihad often got into arguments and were complete opposites. With Arlene keeping the peace, how does this change your view on the war and conflict that arose between them that eventually led to V's and Bam's deaths? Wow, that is a lot to unpack. Uh, how, do, <laughs> how does this change your view on the war? Okay, so I'm going to address the first part of the question because it's a little bit more um, opaque for us since we don't know V and his intentions, but it's pretty cool getting the contrast or at least the told contrast between them because that at least leads you to believe that Jihad was trying to fulfill this kingly duty that he was, you know, the ruler and that, you know, he had to pretty much be on top of the whole pyramid when it is alluded to that V was more obviously opposite in terms of he wanted to be with the people, had good relationships with them and lived, you know, coincidentally sided with them and you know he was like that that was his stish um so you know it it kind of makes you think i for me i wonder not relating to the question arlene in terms of her growing relationship with v because we know that he committed suicide or no quote unquote we don't actually know what happens but i wonder if something got to arlene where you know maybe she wasn't all that's chopped up to be or maybe is and i'm just completely butchering that thought i don't know don't kill me over it but i i wonder if maybe like she got a little bit gold diggery and like maybe kind of ditched the whole view of you know v and you know maybe some <laughs> other things happen i don't i don't know and it's it's all conjecture i could be completely off but it it's like a it's like a funny thought when you think about it. It's like, hey, she could have literally just like changed preferences or, you know, maybe started to align differently or didn't agree with everything V had and maybe had him assassinated or it could have been Jihad that had him assassinated. Either way, it's a rabbit hole, but like it, it's, I don't know. I how like did we get it, here? I, like <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm addressing the first part. Okay. So, so I zoned out for like a second and I came back and you're like, Arlene had V assassinated. And no, I'm no, just no, like, no, 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 She's a gold digger. <laughs> like, no. What's happening? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying uh, nobody, like we don't know. We don't know the whole story until it's actually laid out in front. We only know one side of it that could be completely fabricated. And I mean, for him to commit suicide after after we're finding more information on it, we know that things aren't what they're cut out to be as we know it. Mm. And really it leaves things up to interpretation because we still don't know from the horse's mouth, i.e. Arlene at this point, what her intentions are, what her motives were, if she had any, and how that implicated the relationship between Jihad and V. Okay. Um, or it could have been just completely Jihad's side. So how does this change my view on the war and conflict that arose between them uh, that eventually led to V and deaths, or V and Bam's deaths? What what are they talking about in the event? What do they mean? Eventually led to V and Bam's death. Because they're implying that they're implying that Bam is the baby that Jihad killed, but couldn't actually kill. Remember, because that that's the baby that Arlene tried to revive, and went outside the tower to do so, which would explain bomb existing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's it's weird. Um, yeah, uh, actually, I don't know. I'm gonna see if you guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna divert. <laughs> I don't. Gonna, I don't know. Sit this one out, champ. I'll tell <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it makes sense, obviously, that it seems like V was the one that maybe was a little more, maybe pure of heart, not, maybe not necessarily, but maybe a little less corruptible in, in the sense that, you know, uh, Jihad seems to have changed exponentially as we've gone up this tower, and Kunidon is very cognizant of that, uh, especially at the point where he is as his data self. So, at least at that time, like I said, I think I said this in a prior video, but... There was a question about like 
what's Cooney Don doing now? Like, is he still against him? And there's like a great possibility that he also was corrupted along with Jihad, but because of this point, he's not fully. So V definitely embodies something that's a little more pure, I would say, maybe in that sense. Um, or, you know, willing to be a little more sympathetic, empathetic towards things, I guess, um, maybe takes the role of a leader when needed and is self-sacrificing, whereas Jihad maybe seems to put his own um, intentions to the forefront. There could be a, a number of things that are there, but it would seem that V's leadership skills were better of that of Jihad. Otherwise, I don't think Kuhn would say what he did. Um and he states that V and Jihad got into arguments and were complete opposites, like I said, um, for those reasons above. And uh, how does this change your view on the war and conflict that arose between them that eventually led to V and Bomb's deaths? No, it doesn't really change too much. Um, we've seen that Jihad is kind of a, a baby when it comes to these sorts of things, um, especially, you know, involving Arlene. And he definitely lets his emotions cloud his judgment, I guess, um, you know, hence why he did what he did. Uh, but I mean, you know, now it makes sense to, I guess it sheds a little bit of light on the, on the fact that not only was it Jihad that was angry at Arlene for choosing someone that wasn't him, I think it was salt in the wound that it was specifically V instead of Jihad. And I guess that's a little bit more enlightenment that we get there being that V and Jihad argued all the time and were complete opposites. So the fact that Arlene ultimately sides with V and goes with V and has a child with V again, is like, you know, to Jihad stabbing him that it's like, you didn't choose me. And then twisting the knife that it's like, not only did you not choose me, but you choose the guy that I'm like completely opposite. We're always getting into fights and I probably don't see eye to eye with him on a lot of things anyway. So now I guess it just adds to the little more incentive that Jihad had or a little bit more of the uh, excuse that he needed to go forward with his ridiculous plans to try and ax everyone that wronged him. So those are my thoughts. Uh, yeah, most of my thoughts are, are pretty um, uh, pretty similar to your guys. Um, I, I do think it was it was more of a thing where because Edon uh, says that like if we could have chosen anybody to be king of the tower, or if I could have chosen anybody, uh, I would have picked V. I don't think that it means that like V's personality was somebody who like you looked at him and you were like, oh, that's that's our leader. Like he's the one. Like no events. I actually think he was a very like reserved and quiet type person like oh, very similar okay. to bomb that can make sense. jihad was always just the loudest one in the room mm -hmm. and so people that's why like jihad was somebody who who oozed this like i want to be in charge type aura because he he asked for it he almost demanded it of people where i think v and i think again that makes sense given that jihad's mindset later down the road sort of starts to stem off from like the average ordinary adventurer type person into this like I am above everybody else, I am better than, I am the king type stuff, where V always seemed to take an interest in the regular folk and the ordinary people. Because I think he was very in the back, but he was, him being reserved in the back is not the same thing as him being afraid to challenge true, Jihad true. when mm -hmm. he does have an idea that's like a little bit too out there or a little bit too dangerous or what have you. So I think that's naturally why they clashed. That's a good so point. Yeah. Very good point. And uh, yeah, everything else, like, you know, does it change it? Not really much. I. I've been always under the assumption pretty much that it's been like, you know, again, uh, until we know, I'm willing to put a significant amount of money that like V and or Arlene probably had more of the right side in this, this debacle here, especially if we know that a lot of Jihad's mindset later down the road was like, oh, we should be above these people. We should rule them. It's like, that's already <laughs> kind of, you know, you're steeping into some um, dangerous t waters there. But 
Yeah, it's pretty much it. Okay. Hmm. Fair enough. Hmm, hmm, hmm. All right, all right. So moving on to the next question we have by Vladimir. Thank you very much for the question, Vladimir. Says, what are your thoughts on Yura and her mother's story? How do you like more lore on the family curse? And would you have accepted Big Breeder as your son if you were the mom or shun him as an imposter? Um, Lupatai adding to the question, do you think there is a possible similarity between Bomb's story and what would the implications be? We still don't know who or what he is. Wow, that was like seven questions Jeez. in one. So let me unpack that <laughs> um, just one at a time because these are deep questions and they're really good questions. So I feel stupid just like flying off the cuff with an answer when I haven't formulated a thought yet. So let me take this one at a time here. What are your thoughts on Yura and her mother's story? Um, could kind of give a shit less about Yura just in general, but I think the story in the abstract, you know, taking Yura out of it and placing any character that we do like definitely makes it pretty sad, uh, all things considered. It's a it's a tragic story for sure. Um, just another example of why these families are ridiculous and why some of these rules are just insane and ripping families apart and the whole nine. Um, how do you like more lore on the family curse? Um, it was... It was Interesting. I mean, I'm going to be honest, uh, full disclaimer here. I, at this part in the story, uh, you know, and I'm sure these guys can add um, definitely more to this, to this answer here, but I wasn't necessarily enthralled with just like Yura as a character. So I'm not going to lie. Just bias kind of took me out of some of the, uh, some of the lore uh, just in general, because I guess I was just kind of itching to get to some of the other parts within this. So I kind of, you know, I kind of feel bad in that sense, but that is where I am with it. So it is terrible, but that's really, I guess, all I have to say about it. Uh, would you accept Big Breeder as your son if you were the mom or shun him as an imposter? Uh, well, I'm not a mother, so I don't know if I could <laughs> genuinely answer that question like, really? Um, but if I had to, I know I'm getting there, but if I had to put myself in that situation, wow. Um, I don't know. There's this weird, there's this weird aspect to it where it's like, obviously there's this trust that can never be regained, but at the same time, she seems to have treated the big breeder in her son's body as her child for a while until she realizes that it's flopped. So, you know, that's definitely something that's not great. I think that I would maybe shun, or not shun, but I would be obviously incredibly disappointed with the big breeder inhabiting the child's body, obviously, but maybe not give up on the child, I guess. So, because it's not technically just the big breeder anymore, like that's still the physical manifestation of your son, but that's a super deep philosophical or moral question rather. And I don't think I have the, the, the brain capacity here to give you a, a you know, an educated answer on that one. I, I don't know if anyone can, it's, it's a very emotional thing. So um, I'm going to leave it to you guys to answer the rest of this question. Cause it's a really long one. And if you have anything to add on the initial ones, cause I probably didn't do that much justice. I apologize. Uh, so what are our thoughts on your and her mother's story? It's sad. I mean, every time we get somebody's backstory, um, except for Rachel, I don't care if she was beaten by monkeys every day. Like, there's nothing that they could tell me that would make me feel sorry for. Her. But, uh, like you know, everybody to some degree, and like some people have it worse in the tower for sure. But like this tower, you know, it's been made disgustingly uh, apparent that like doesn't give a fuck about anybody who isn't 
not only of some direct lineage of royalty or nobility, but also isn't willing to fall in line with the current like empire and established rule, um, you're basically scum to this tower. Um, and, you know, through the, the family curse. And, and so my thing, though, is while I didn't really I'm, I am not and still or I have not been, and I'm still not crazy about Yura as a character. I was interested in, like, the lore and the family curse stuff just because I was always curious as to how somebody who was f from the Ha family, like, how that division of the Ha family happened. Because, you know, we, we know that, like, some of the family, or most of the families, their size is so large that, like, of course, there's, like, basically, like, many sects of, of these different families. Um, so I was always just curious as to, like, how, I mean, because, you know, you have, like, Yuri and, and, uh, Jin Sung and like you know that family which seems to be a much much closer to like the the uh, I think it's called the direct line right mm. of the Haas <clears throat> and then like somewhere in that mix and then you have Yura so it, I've always just been like how did that happen where did that come from um uh would you accept Big Breeder if you and absolutely not I mean like he literally rolled up in here and stole my child's life I mean he took my child's body and stole his life and then lied to me about it um that's a no-go for me uh, do you think there's a possibility or similarity between Bam's story and what would the implications be? Uh, yeah, I think there's definitely an implication, like we said. So, from it, again, at least from the stories that we have, we know that Arlene gave birth to a baby, which, you know, let's just say is Bam. Jihad killed the baby. Arlene took this baby through the tower and back outside and basically all the way around trying to find ways to revive it somehow cut a deal and was able to revive it and now bam is you know x amount of years later bam is running around the tower doing his shit so like all we know is that that body ceased living and is now living again which does not sound you know crazy dissimilar to the circumstances here with this big breeder inhabiting this other person's body. Um, do I think it's the same exact scenario? No, I don't, I think it's probably something a little more complex or, but I could see them working this into where it's like, again, with the way this tower works, like certain spells or certain, you know, like, I don't know, beings like, like maybe bam, maybe it's a thing of like bam's body is almost like a, um, like it's just a straight host for all these different like deities or demons or whatever to like, you know, uh, exist in it and are like f and are fighting for control of his body i don't know i don't know but i guess all i'm saying is i could see the i see the connection between a story like yours brother and bam's existence mm. okay okay yeah no um yeah thoughts on your so so yours interesting to me because she is almost seem like she's a character who you almost just hate to begin with because obviously she's paired with rachel and getting this backstory gives insight for me because you kind of know that she at least has decent intentions behind joining fug and her reasons behind it she wants to get revenge on jihad specifically for the trans get the transgressions that they have caused and although she has been manipulated in a sense and isn't going down the correct path fug also does have a little bit of a running uh, track record of manipulating people to get to get what they want essentially um so uh, i do feel bad for Yura in a sense and it is really messed up on the situation that has occurred and you know dealing with it um that family curse is obviously something that is going to be something that she has to deal with and big breeder um would I be able to accept them or shun him as an imposter? I mean, I would shun him, obviously, because it's it's a different thing where it, I almost think of it as like, you know, it, it, it like he knowingly did what he did for a purpose. And it wasn't 
anything good in a sense. He wanted to, you know, be reborn as a human and live that life, but it isn't anything sort of like an adoption or like an insemination where it's like by blood, we're not related, but like, you know, I, I raised you in a sense. And I think knowing the fact that you're his mother realized that this wasn't just like a random person, you know, or something like it wasn't out of genuine care that she had raised them that they're seeking for. It literally is just an ulterior motive that although may have included love and, you know, support from a mother, there was ill intent behind it that essentially just was bad all the way around. So I, if I was in that same scenario, I would shun the imposter, um, not messed up. Don't pretend to be someone's baby. Um, <laughs> do you think that there's a possibility between the sim or similarities between Bam's story and what the implications would be? I, again, I align with Isaiah in that I could see similarities just because we know that Arlene made a pact with uh, a God of sorts, you know, that involved Bam being reincarnated or brought back to life. So for all we know that, that pact could have been a part of this God or deity that she went to was actually reborn in a sense in what BAM is or, you know, some off put personalities or what have you. It really could be anything. Um, and I don't think it's out of the woods that, you know, he has some, well, we know he has superhuman power, but you know, there is, there is an explanation, i.e. a godly explanation for why he has set such powers and abilities and that he could just literally be a god on his own, reborn. Um, obviously have his own personality intact that to who he is, but it has bearings to someone prior or a being prior that is currently living or has lived. So very interesting. I'm wondering what SAU will do in terms of tying that knot later on in the story, but um, I don't think it's anything that's worth nixing altogether so i guess that would be my two cents on it well said friends is that you cool, want to cool, cool. the next one sure sure uh next question is from lear totally sorry if i butchered that uh okay i've been waiting for an explanation for this how the hell did isaiah predict not only that coon eventually could wield ice but also rack controlling rocks speaking of rack what do you think why do you think jihad why do you think Jihad killed off, as he usually does, I guess, the native ones? Um, first off, I don't actually remember calling the Rack Rock thing, like, at all. You did, yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, like, it was more of, like, a passing thing, but you're like, oh, it'd be cool to see some, like, element thing. Like, you were, like, Kuhn with Ice, or, like, if Rack did Earth, or whatever. Like, oh, it was really okay. quick and passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, <laughs> I, like, he read first ahead. off, no, <laughs> when you simp on someone as hard as I have... <laughs> You develop a <laughs> telekinetic link with said character to the point where you can see. I'm just fine with you guys. Um, no, I don't know. I just I just pulled shit out of my ass. I mean, like <laughs> I know that like I know that they're you know it's clear that they're doing this whole like element fantasy thing. Mm. So like it to me it wasn't a stretch that like people in Bam's party would get some kind of elemental powers. And I actually thought Kuhn like as after we passed the point where. I made this prediction. I actually thought he was going to get lightning powers after meeting Eden because I was like, oh, okay, Eden's got the whole, like, he's going to, like, unlock it out of Kuhn or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, to, I was it was an educated guess <laughs> from shit that we've read before. Um, you know, it. I don't know. It, it would have been weird if, like, none of Bam's party had any sort of, like, offensive capabilities and that it was all just, like, hit person with knife or, like, wood or stick. It's like, no, they got to get, like, powers and shit. And, like, you know, just made sense. 
<laughs> he's like listen i've seen enough anime to know that yeah. there's only i've seen avatar <laughs> yeah but like facts no no for real the story yeah. is incredibly well structured but like i've read hella fantasy stories yeah, that yeah. like operate under this yeah. same exact guy i certainly not... didn't call it that was all you but like when it happened it's like i don't think any of us were really surprised you know yeah, in yeah, that yeah, sense because yeah. you're right they they are pulling that but yeah it was a good call and then the next the the last part of this i actually think he kind of answers it in the question is he said speaking of rack why do you think jihad killed off as he usually does the native ones kind of john's mo uh anytime somebody you know in any sense of the word poses somewhat of a threat he's like let's let's go ahead and ask that whole family and all their lineage like he just uchiha massacres anybody that like has any semblance of an ability to yeah. maybe even in the future talk about like, tying up loose ends yeah like, for real like uh, some kind mm -hmm. of power over him. like edan's even like yeah, these guys were super strong. They could, like, wield all these elements and transform. I mean, Jihad killed them all. <laughs> it's like, damn, bro. Yeah, so I think it's just his MO, bro. He's so paranoid and so, like, anally cautious about anybody or anything taking over his position or, or just beating him, I think. I honestly think, like, obviously he doesn't want anybody, like, taking over his position as king or dethroning him. But I also do kind of think there's a pride thing in it. He just doesn't sure. even want to be beaten in battle, you know? Yeah. Um, I would even say that it maybe it's like even more ridiculous where it's like never, never be the target of jihad's insecurities yeah. or just in general, a king, <laughs> you know, like if you're in like some situation where like there's a king, never yeah, be yeah. the target of his insecurities. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're there and you're like a great orator, you're a great speaker and he just gives a killer speech. Maybe dumb your shit down a little. Maybe mess up a couple words on purpose. Be like, Jihad, you killed it, though. You know what I mean? Or if you're really attractive and Jihad is wearing shorts with a cape and, you know, Roman chest plate that doesn't go together at all. You know, maybe not looking too glammed up when you go to the party and, like, wearing your, like, your bum in it outfit, right? So people, you don't attract too many eyes. Like, unless you're going to beat him in a fight, you got to survive. You know what I mean? And, like, Jihad's like, oh, that's an attractive person. <laughs> Just, yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Or, like, oh, that person has some cool ability. That's like, literally you're dead. <laughs> what I think happened is he was like, they were like, wow, look at these like native ones. They're so cool. And Jahab was like, yeah, dope. Hey, can I talk to you guys real quick? And like led them into some back hole. I was like, yeah, dude, it's dude. That happens like in history all the time. Yeah. You can read about it, you know, or like somebody's like, yo, King, I came up with this crazy invention. Actually, what happens is that it cures cancer and no one actually has to work anymore. And he's like, he's like, ooh, uh. I would like to get the credit for all that. Yeah, and yeah. number two, if people can't work, then what am I going to do here? So he's like, kill him. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. They're like, he's like, interesting. Like, so I think you mean I came up with it. He's like, what? Oh. <laughs> and then just lights out. You're dead. So, I mean, I don't, you know. Yeah, yeah. I am not curious to know how the actual fuck Rack survived this massacre <laughs> and where he'd been chilling before, you know, he was Bam and, Bam and company met him. He had shot from Krypton. Cause uh, yeah, <laughs> literally he's like Superman, <laughs> his whole family planet or whatever species got wiped out. And, I guess Jaw just missed Rack's room. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just like, like Bizarro, actually. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> Wild. Got any thoughts or no? Yeah, well, I mean, we know that at one point they were all combined and that created that elemental, like, Rudolph the Red Nosed Rack. So, like, <laughs> and that he was a literal monster. You were waiting so, for that. You what? were waiting to use that. You were waiting. What are you talking about? No, no, no. no, no, no. Let, let me continue. He was like, dude, I, I have a like, great one. We were talking and he was like, Rudolph the. Rat. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 no, don't mind. lie to me. However, 
We know that they were all one and that they were separated into five different beings. So it could have been something where at one point they were, well, I mean, we know they were all together and maybe it was a part of like, they were the rulers of like said area or said space that they had like Jihad and crew had to eventually walk through. And maybe he was actually pinned to fight him in a weird sense, because if we know anything about Rack is that he loves to try to F up people who are stronger or, or very strong. That it's like, it, it's his animal instinct, that primal instinct. So I'd imagine if the personality stays somewhat similar as you know he was combined into five different beings that maybe that whole entity kind of went after jihad in a sense or maybe saw someone powerful and was like you know like, we're gonna come after you or something like that and maybe jihad was forced to almost kill them i don't know adding a weird perspective although i'm not going to give jihad any credit because he definitely just probably also saw someone just as powerful and was like i'm getting rid of you because a tie in a blue sense and i'm an asshole um <laughs> However, what's interesting uh, in terms of why Rack survived, my uneducated guess would be since they had split before they had died, obviously, maybe it was more a turn of Rack ran away at the moment. He killed all four and was like, it doesn't matter if one survives because it's not like he could come back together in any sort of way. Like, I've already wiped out everybody. So he's literally just nothing that could ever amount to anything. Um, that could be his mindset. Um, and... I, I don't know. I guess that's that's what I would give Jihad. Either that or my boy is blind and he needs to take off that blindfold because he just missed an ugly duckling that was just running around. And I don't, I mean, you're beautiful. So I love you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that's what I got on it. And <laughs> anything else to add? No, you're good, man. Okay. Take it away. So we got our next question by Riru. <laughs> Iruru's uh, uncle mentioned something called the dream decision. Knowing that Iriru and Laurel uh, are in the same family, what are your predictions on what this family's dream decision is? What do you think Iriru and Laurel's influence on the future of this story will be? Um, dog, why am I trying to remember the the dream decision? Knowing that Iriru and Laura are on the same family, what are your predictions? First off, how are they actually a part of the same family? Because they have no physical like resemblance. Because, pink hair. Yeah. Does Laurel have pink hair? No, Laurel's yeah, different. Of course not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course not. Well, well, the whole story is based on, oh, if you're a part of this family, you have the same physical traits. Oh, and I'm like, no. If you put them unless both you're Lorray. Unless you're Lorray, because he's just built different. <laughs> That's it. All right, then explain. Maybe they they his hair. Love, really love to sleep. Doesn't check out for this new nigga that we just met. But, <laughs> but we don't yeah. know that he like just woke up from a nap. <laughs> yeah, that is true. We didn't see him yet up That's until this point. So he might just got out under the rock he was hiding under. <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm at a I'm um, at Well, first of all, you were answering the question. I'm sorry, I um, cut you off. Yeah, my my question or my answer to the question is dog, I don't know. Um, <laughs> however, I've gotta say it is kind of ironic and funny how they word it as the dream decision as they are all sleepers, and that was definitely yeah, that is a little like Um yeah, honestly, my mind isn't catching up with me. I really don't I don't know. I have I have no clue on anything. Yeah, <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't played like a front role. No, no, in making I, any decisions, I, you know? I do not blame you at all because I'm not gonna lie. I looked at this question, but it had so many um, it had so many upvotes. So it was like obviously we add it, but I'm like looking at this and I'm like, honestly, I don't think anyone can fault you for just like going nuts and just saying some like crazy random thing because he's zooming in. Oh, seeing the panel, seeing that I'm here as your sworn enemy, it looks like you're still thinking about it. Making your dream decision come true. Hmm. So what do you I think? think that the the this uh, 
scroll up so I can see this per- the new character's name again. Uh, Iriru. <laughs> um, <laughs> that him and like a bunch of other maybe higher up or elder members of their family were very like, you know, you gotta do what you're told and like, you know, whatever. Um, but I think like maybe people like Loral and, and um, what's this chick's name? Iriru. Iru. That's the little girl, or the yeah, the little girl, yeah, yeah, oh, the see, girl's Iru. Iru. yeah, Iru. yeah, she's Iru. oh, 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 I, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, I think people like Iriru and Loral are like a little bit more like hesitant, let's just say, to like uh, join the family's ideals or mesh their ideals with the families in that sense, and kind of just want to like do their own thing or like maybe have their own secondary desires that they're after, um, and maybe this dream decision is like their idea to like break away from like what the family wants or is doing and like just go off and live on their own where they can sleep all day and like just do what I, I don't know man i i don't it, it we don't we definitely don't have a lot of information of this character or Laurel uh to have anything concrete but like i think it i think it's got to be because if that if her uncle who's part of her family is her sworn enemy I'm assuming that, like, this dream decision is what put a wedge between her and her family and probably maybe even Loral and his and his family. Yeah, that, and, I mean, I'm assuming that they have trust issues. Uh, obviously, her uncle being her sworn enemy, so family is a no bueno. But if we notice a consistency b- between both of these characters is, obviously, they're sleeping all day, but coincidingly, they don't interact with the characters as much other than... Um, uh, Lario just hopping on Hots' back 24-7 and just sleeping. So it, it doesn't seem like they're as accepting to people around them, and that might stem from, you know, trust issues that derive from their family, and even the people who should be the closest to them, they're not able to have a connection with on any level. So that might transcend into possible, you know, friendships that they're not able to create because they just, they're, they're lone wolves in a sense. So, you know, I, and, and we've even questioned uh, Iruru in terms of being on, like, uh, Bam's team, and it's like, is she actually working with him or against him? Like, she doesn't, like, she adds in a little bit of something here and there and, you know, contributes to fight, fights very little. Like, is like is that stemming to an ulterior motive that doesn't align with what Bam and Squad are fighting for? Um, so what that decision is, I don't know, dog. Um, I, I am in our boat, though. I want to nap. But that's about it. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? Uh, I put in an application actually to become part of your family. <laughs> we'll make you choose us. Yeah, you showed up with a sleeping bag. They're like, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, moving on to the next question here, we have by uh, El Gaius says. Another small moment that may fly a bit under the radar. When Hockney looked at Data Jihad, his eyes suddenly went out. He theorized it may have been because Jihad's future is one he can't predict. We had some similar dialogues among the guides, Haoriun and Evan, about being unable to predict Bomb's future. Do you think it's the same effect and something shared by other irregulars? Is it just an immunity to certain spells, or is it more literal examples of irregulars being able to break fate? Maybe it has something to do with how guides' abilities work. That's a great question. Um, and I do think personally it's in a regular, like there, there's definitely something to do with irregulars that, that, is, uh, that is definitely influencing something. Now, to be fair, he never tried to do it as far as I'm, as far as I know, unlike Kun Edon or anyone from the 10 great families, uh, any of the leaders, because they are technically irregulars mm-hmm. as well. Um, nor has he tried to do it on Rachel. So that would really be the 
nail in the coffin here in mm -hmm. terms of solidifying that theory. But based off the information we have right now, I do think that the irregulars, and I think this, somebody posed a question like this a while back where it's like the hidden floor is like a microcosm of the tower and how people are aligned to do certain things and they don't have a choice. And this whole mm -hmm. fate thing came up. And I think, again, that was at the end of the day where I landed where the irregulars are kind of this interesting you know, anomaly that get put into this system, for lack of a better term here, and kind of defy what is supposed to go down. Yes. And I think that's the main arc, mm -hmm. right, that these these people um, are, are pursuing. And, I mean, ironically, mm -hmm. they line up being really powerful just physically anyway. Mm -hmm. But I think just in general, you know, I think it <laughs> goes a little further than that in the sense that it disrupts the, the norm in what's supposed to go in the tower. So mm -hmm. I do think that Bomb and Jihad share that. That's my personal take anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I I actually pretty much agree with one of the points here in the question, which is, do you think um, the same? Do you think it's the same effect shared by other regulars? Is it just immunity to certain spells, um, or a little example of irregulars breaking fate? Uh, I do. I think that this like this ability, uh, or let's just say like the way or the will of the tower. Even uh, I'm gonna go massive big brain here. And, and just say that, like, let's say, like, Hedon, right? Let's say Hedon is, like, the actual person or, or entity that controls the tower, right? He re And not, like, on a, on a super microscopic scale, as in, like, he makes sure every living thing on the floor is doing what it needs to be doing, but that, like, he foresees the tower and its existence and makes sure that, like, somebody's not actively working to destroy it, mm -hmm. right? As shitty of things as Jihad's doing, he's not actually fucking with the tower. He's using it as a base of operations. So in Hedon's mind, he's like, man, he got up there, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think so, like, if that's the way, if, if and if, let's say Hedon is the one who, like, oversees and controls the tower in a sense, the tower, like, has a will of its own. And that will is what puts what's all these regulars, like, right? That's why Hedon has to choose regulars. He doesn't just grab any old person. He has to make sure that those people fit into his, or in this tower has to make sure these, these regulars, these people fit into their, you know, uh, roofs or fit into their little ruts. Irregulars, by definition completely disrupt that because they don't have to listen they don't have to abide by those restrictions and can do whatever they want so if these this ability of hockneys works similar to how guides do where they can like see predetermined uh paths and futures of characters well it makes sense that with someone like bam uh jihad you know eat on any of these irregulars that like that's not something they could do because yeah. they don't have anything set in stone they can do whatever and go wherever they want mm. good thoughts yeah i guess my more surface level for me, it's just that we know irregulars don't follow the rules of the tower. And for me, the eyes and um, guides are something that was created in the tower and follow the tower's rules. So by the given fact that off the bat, irregulars don't follow said rules and is kind of why they get they can get stronger and have the, be, the ability to because they're not following said rules of the tower, it would explain why things in the tower and certain abilities wouldn't be able to, you know, foresee things in this example, the eyes, because they specifically follow the tower's, tower's rules. They are given under the tower. They are something that lives solely in this tower, although it could outside, but in this realm, in the tower only. And because people are coming in from the outside, it's literally outside the code of what the tower knows and is able to really affect. So just like by nature, it wouldn't be able to foresee it. So I guess that's, that's my thought. Um, I would also assume that certain things would also allow them, they would be immune to other certain spells and other things. Um, 
I mean, we've seen little bits of it, but nothing that like I can actually explain or be like, oh, they are completely immune to that. But we know that they don't follow the rules. So there's going to be things that they're exempt from. Um, and I also do think that that also toys in the whole breaking fate idea, um, too, because it works together really well. And I think that also is able like that also explains why since they're breaking the predetermined fate of what everybody else lives in the tower because they're not from the tower, which gives them to the ability to. So like it works with story purposes, but like that's also a double meaning behind their immunity and not being able to be foreseen in the future. Um, so I think it's like all of the above, a bit of everything um, that kind of toys together. So um, yeah. Yep. 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 Solid. Isaiah. Dope, dope, dope. All right. Next question comes from uh, the Delaphine Scythe. Delaphine Sylph. Scythe. Milf. <laughs> Definitely okay. not that. Um, thank you for the question. They say, Kuhn was ready to walk away from training with Edon until just a few sentences from Bomb made him change his mind. How do you think Bomb and Kuhn influence each other? Are they each other's strengths? What about weaknesses? Do you think Kuhn could be Bomb's weaknesses? Could Bomb be Kuhn's? If so, if so how? Uh, to what degree or in what scenarios? Whew. Okay. Um, so for starters... Uh, how do we think Bam and Kuhn influence each other? Uh, they do, uh, 100%. I don't think, I think what whatever, if we're going to bring shipping into this, whatever side of that seesaw that you stand on, I think it's it's inarguable to say that they do definitely influence each other. They have a relationship that is clearly close enough to the point where they depend on each other and their opinions of each other in scenarios is like sometimes the thing that like makes or, make or breaks their decision to do something. Um we see this in like the name hunt station way back when everybody is sort of trying to rope Bam into this cockamamie uh, viol scheme of like you know being the wig and assuming the identity or whatever. And Kuhn seems to be the only one that is genuinely like asking Bam what Bam wants to do or what route Bam has or you know wants to go about for that you know in that time and for that plan. Um, and like sticks with him and backs him up on that. And so then vice versa, you know, we come back to here. Um, I think it's it, Bam and Kuhn are definitely strengths for each other because I think they, you know, like any good relationship, they, they do bring out, they want what's best for the other person. So they bring out, you know, forcefully sometimes that better side of that person, right? We know that basically from the start, from Kuhn's interactions and relationship of getting to know Bam, he has slowly started to open up and become a much warmer, a much more accepting person to somebody who was willing to cast away any of the regulars that were in that hide-and-seek test that they took all the way back in season one to now somebody who's willing, literally willing to put his life in danger to save Mising, so, which is a decision he probably would not have made prior to meeting someone like Bomb. Um, I think Bomb brings out that, you know, that same desire he has in himself in Kuhn, this like, willingness to want to do and be a better person. Um... And likewise, I would like to think that Kuhn's influence on Baum is that Baum is a, you know, a very nice and happy and almost like to a fault naive kind of guy. Um, and again, in something in like the Name Hunt Station, they, there's a conversation they have at the end where Bam says something along the lines of, um, you know, oh man, but like, wouldn't it be great if I could be a god though? I could like grant everybody like their wish and make everybody happy. Um, you know, wouldn't it be crazy if I had the kind of power to do that? And Kuhn more or less says like, well, what's the point in that? If you aren't happy, if you're not worried about your, like your own happiness first and foremost and making sure you're okay, you know, what is, what is the point in that? Like, you know, you are a human, you are Bam. Like, don't ever forget what Bam wants over like other people's wants and desires you're not here to serve everybody and so i think you know or at least i would like to think that 
through Kuhn, Bam will acquire this like sense of himself and independence and this like, idea of like, okay, well, everybody, you know, X, Y, and Z person are telling me to do this or asking me if I should do this. Like, what do I want? You know, I feel like, again, prior to learning him learning about Rachel's true intentions and prior to him climbing his tower, that's not a, a kind of Bam that we might have ever seen, right? This would have been somebody who was very quick and easy to go along with the flow. That was actually one of my complaints, if you will call it, with early season one of this story is that Bam was a very, like, reactive protagonist. Like, he didn't do anything. He didn't ask or want or or make any initiatives or changes in the story. He just, things happened to him, and he had to, like, you know, move as a result of that. Um, so that's where I think their strengths. Their weaknesses, however, I do think it does that does flip in the sense that they worry so much about each other that, like, even if logic of whatever situation dictates that, like, maybe they, they shouldn't or maybe, like, they should, like, wait and plan something out, that, that each of them are willing to go against those risks, like, for the other safety, even to a fault. Uh, I think we see this in best in the train city moment when after the push 2.0 um, where once they catch Bam, Kuhn is sort of like in his head or, or I don't know if it's in his head or out loud. He's like scolding Bam for being so careless and reckless and doing all of this just in the pursuit of Rachel when, which I also think is sort of a flip on him himself because of the crazy lengths Kuhn is willing to go to either save or make sure Bam is safe. Um, which I definitely think is a weakness because, you know, you have to, you know, that is something that is clearly that is or, or rather has been and can definitely be used against them in the tower going forward. Um, so that's something that we should probably keep in check. But like for you're asking me if their biggest problem is these niggas love each other too much. Done deal. Um, and do you think uh, answer that could bam be coons? If so, uh, to what degree and what scenarios? I think that's it. <laughs> I think I hit all the nails there. Okay. Go for it. Go for it. All right. So, yeah, pretty much copy-paste everything Isaiah said. Um, they definitely the grew no, well, well, no. <laughs> You basically said every point there was to say. That's yeah. why I'm like, Gavin, I know you Sim Coon, so, like, I'll pass to you. <laughs> no, I was kidding. No, no, no. They, they definitely do ground each other, and I do think that their strengths ultimately outweigh their weaknesses. I guess to maybe offer some various weaknesses that either of them could share although not really weaknesses i digress either way in this thought and just follow if you i don't, I don't know i'm just gonna go with it um so with Kuhn, I feel like there is a sense that obviously there's the weakness that he addresses himself or believes to be a weakness, whether you do or not, is up to debate, which we're going to talk about. And that is almost the physical sense and physicality that he has, because obviously Bam is developing at a super fast rate and we know he's OP and Kuhn, in a sense, has to match that to be able to, you know, follow him on his endeavors up the tower. So will, you know... Will Kuhn just be someone who Bam has to carry at a certain point unless he is able to find it within himself to develop his powers, which ultimately is why he trained with Edon and did it because he realized like, hey, if I don't actively better myself for Bam, then I'm not going to be able to follow him on this journey and continue it with him because I'm just going to be a body that he's going to have to protect. And ultimately, it can be just a pawn that could be used against Bam in a sense. So that is very much a weakness that can occur unless now we see Kuhn taking it upon himself to further develop. And hopefully that won't be a problem in the future, although probably won't be because Bam's just too OP to begin with. Um, on the other side, in terms of Bam being a weakness for Kuhn, um, the only thing I can surmise, which I don't really agree with, because I ultimately think that the strength outweighs the weakness, but I'll just spout it out there anyway, is maybe um, 
Bam can produce like almost false expectations for Kuhn in a sense because um, obviously Bam is continuing this journey for what he believes is right and there is a little bit of ignorance that comes with that. But Kuhn also likes the ignorance in a sense. You know, it, it's it's more um, Kuhn I feel like is almost pessimistic where Bam is very optimistic and that overwhelming optimism that Bam has is infectious and, you know, has caught on to Kuhn and has, you know, continued through this journey to affect him in a very positive way. However, through certain scenarios where that can bring problems, especially when it's something that Bam specifically wants in terms of a goal or, you know, ulterior motive. So with that, I could see a scenario where Bam overreaches for some scenario that he may feel is right. And although they might not uh, and there could be a possibility where they don't achieve that initial goal. So far, they really have for the most part. They've skated by. But say something bad happens, they lose a bunch of people or whatever. I feel like that could set up a like false expectation in Kuhn's mind where it's like, we've made it this far based off of our relationship. However, that's nothing that's bulletproof. That's something that can be shattered. And, you know, ultimately it almost throws Kuhn back a couple pegs to where he was originally with trust issues and, you know, uh, ideological issues where it's like, who is there really a right and wrong? Who is right or wrong? Because we know he's following Bam for just his thought process with Rachel and those different, you know, um, relationships that have occurred and ultimately does a falter in that sense bring Kuhn down and that is like a weakness in a sense from Bam but ultimately like I said I don't really agree with that because at the end of the day it's why Kuhn is following Bam is because of that optimism because he is able to overcome those feats and you know he has seen that it is possible and um, he wants to be they built a relationship and he wants to follow down it so I guess that's really the only degree that I can see Bam like put him in like a bad situation or you know a really emotional situation but like in terms of raw power which is like 80% of what matters in this tower well I mean amongst luck and other things but like Bam's got it pretty, like, made almost in terms of power. I mean, obviously, we have a lot to go, and he's not stupid, broken, can beat you hot at this point, but, like, it's alluded to he's going to be there at some point, just, like, plot armor surfaces. So, like, they're they're going to have it, like, we're going to see a tension in their relationship in the future. It's not going to be perfect throughout the whole thing, so it's ultimately what event leads to their breaking point which I guess is what is considered the weakness, um, and we'll have to see. But it's obviously going to be something where it's a decision that's made that, you know, puts a damper on things. But who knows? Maybe not, and they just live happily ever after. But it just doesn't seem like SIU's forte for it to happen that way. You don't even have to worry about switching that camera, my dude, because you got the last question, (laughs) and you guys hit every point possible on that one. So, (sighs) Catan237. What does it mean for the future of Rack's story? Is there a possibility that Rack will awaken more elemental powers or there are different people like Rack out there? They can't be from 10 families because they are descendants of a different species. Will we get to see this giant in full form in the future? So we talked about it a little bit prior, so I'm going to try not to do it half to death and let them answer a little bit. Um, So I... I honestly feel like it wouldn't make sense if Rack is able to develop more elemental powers because it seemed pretty steadfast in their explanation that, like, each element got branched for each specific person and he got stone. Um, So, like, I feel like it would be weird if he was able to adapt, you know, some other form of element. Like, it seems like that would just be a little plot hole in the story unless he was able to fix it. Regardless, I feel like he should only stick with rock and that is his thing um are there other people like rack out there i mean there's a possibility like it's said that um jihad killed all the descendants but then again 
words kind of mean nothing, especially when they're stories. We don't actually know what happened. And I mean, as far as we know, V committed suicide and we don't think that's possible. So like, just because someone says that they're dead, unless you see the body like turned over and like, you know, with wormies in it, we don't know if they're actually dead. So I would say it's not outside the realms that someone would pop out. Although maybe unlikely, I don't know, but it's a possibility. Um, yes, they're not from the 10 great families because they are descendants. It will we get to see this giant in full form. Well, that would be dependent, I would assume, if any of the descendants lived. And in which case, if they did all live, then either Jahai is a lion, Jihad is a lion mofo, did a really bad job at cleaning those loose ends, or, yeah, or they're able to be reborn in some sort of way. But, I mean, I'm sure if they're able to, you know, curtail it to the story somehow, he could make it a possibility. But, like, it would just be weird based off of the story that we were just told. However, nothing's right or wrong, so I can leave it up in the air for that. Alley-oop. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, mirroring a lot of what Gavin said here, I am excited for the future of Rack's story. I hope that this ability will be good, you know? Like, it's not just for show, and, like, he'll really be, be able to go on par or, you know, with some of the enemies that uh, Bomb and Coon are going to face in the future, being that they're kind of the, the, the raccoon squad. Um and and with bomb as well, so that would be really cool to see. Uh, I do mirror Gavin's thing with the. It'd be weird for Rack himself to awaken more elemental powers unless there is something to be said again where the the passages are inaccurate, the story yeah. is inaccurate, and really Rack himself maybe is that you know like you know kind of has a white thing going where it's like the other ones aren't dead um, for whatever reason he can cultivate that or that he doesn't you know he maybe is the being. You know what I'm saying? Like, that it apparently got split. Like, we don't know. There's a lot, like, thrown in the air. A lot of it's speculation, myth, legend, all that kind of thing. Um, but my my head is in the camp that it's just it's just, just him. Just, uh, just my, That's my prediction. Just because I just can't see him with, like, like, Rack himself. I couldn't see with, like, all the elements. I feel like if he had all the elements, he'd have to then combine back into that being. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that being almost acts as this force of nature that kind of stabilizes things in the power. It's like almost this like shaman style, um, you know, princess Mononoke thing where that, you know what I mean? Where it's like these beasts that just kind of like stabilize and have this overwhelming power to kind of, you know, balance the scales. So I feel like if he got all the elements, he'd, ha he'd have to go into that form, which it wouldn't be rack anymore. If that makes sense. That's where my head's at. Anyway, I just couldn't also picture just standard rack with like lightning abilities <laughs> that just be like weird to me. I don't know. He seems like a rock kind of person, but be crazy if he did some last, uh, you know, airbender last avatar thing, but um, yeah, I don't know if we do see the full form. Like I said, I don't, I don't think it'll be a mainstay where it's like, oh, Rack found all the pieces. Now this is Rack. And he just follows them around with this, like these reindeer antlers and just this lizard tail. And he's like, where are we going next guys? You know what I mean? Like, again, it just <laughs> seems a little too ridiculous. I could see maybe some like transformers thing where it's like, give me all your pieces, you know? And they like big, big thing to like beat the final boss or whatever to help them and be like, get his power at moment. And then it disintegrates back into like their, their forms or whatever. Maybe something like that. I just had like, why I kind of, 
don't want this last question in here in terms of will we get to see it again? Because let's be real, SIU doesn't want to draw like draw the normal fucking rack. Why would he draw <laughs> a, a literal Godzilla version of him if it wasn't more than one panel? Like, let's be completely hundred percent honest. Yeah. If we did see it, it would be one panel, and I know SIU's not drawing it because we haven't even seen like legitimate alt fights with rack to begin with, like at least substantial ones or consistent ones, maybe one or two. Okay, but like. Yeah, we ain't we ain't getting the full thing. I'm sorry, I'm I'm busting. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're really not wrong though. I think um, that it's well. So first off, yeah, I uh, I let's put. I hope that all of Rack's family is actually dead, only because like <laughs> <laughs> no no no, not like I know it's just funny because, the way you said it. <laughs> but because like I'm so tired of these stories where they're like yeah, and we wiped out his whole clan. Just kidding. He's actually got like twelve cousins <laughs> that are still alive, and it's like, did you kill them or not? Because like. One is fine, but like if there's six, that's not all of them. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I'm just like, like Gav was saying, it'd be like a big fucking over the head of jihad to be like, oh, I missed a couple. It's like a couple. You know that like it's no. So you like all of them. If, <laughs> yeah, I I can't have this store at least in my you know in my mind. It just doesn't work for me if it's like just kidding. They're all actually hiding somewhere mm. and like they're gonna fuse with Rack and, and whatever. So I think they should all be dead and Rack should be just, you know, like you said, like he's just the stone uh, part of that puzzle. Um, but I could see, because I've been a big advocate for the workshops coming into play in the mm. larger picture here, The a workshop or several workshop scientists, employees, whatever the fuck they are, um, helping Rack and manufacturing like a makeshift way to duplicate that ability or process oh, that's interesting. and that it only be it being something that could only be used once. So maybe Rack saves it obviously for like a fight with Jihad or, or, oh, a okay. or family head or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, yeah Cause I, I just, I, I need this. I, I need this family to be dead. <laughs> yeah. I can't have it where it's like, just I kidding. cannot stress enough how dead I want them to be <laughs> like dead as a doorknob. If, if, if you find one, kill them. <laughs> Cause they're going to ruin the story or put them six feet deep. Okay. What, what if it's, what if it's some sort of like when they died, it's like some, I can't, I don't, I'm going to reference it. I have no clue if it's even right or not. Like infinity to stone type thing where it's like, X person died and all that energy was now stored into this like gem or this thing, you know, like consumable. <laughs> not and it's like, stuff. dog, I don't know, but I am going to go out there and just I'm say, I'm so curious as to what you were going to say when you're like, I'm going to use infinity stone. I'm like, oh God. Well, no, <laughs> aren't, the aren't, aren't there like stones Marvel. that you got to like find around the world or like around the yeah, universe? And it's stuff? Just they're funny. split into well, different realms, but they're not like, Condensed versions of a person's like power. Well, either uh, either way, I'm just saying they're they're like little <laughs> gems along the way, and like it, oh, and God. like when the ex person died, it like formulated into this little thing, <laughs> whether gem or not, or like I, I don't know a goblet for someone to drink out of and get said power. <laughs> but either like, way, it's you like remember Infinity Stones. All right, so remember the, how they're stones. All right, we're running with that. So stones are cool. <laughs> <laughs> remember when Indiana Jones and James Bond went to the Chamber of Secrets and found the Infinity Stone? <laughs> yeah, that'd be a dope crossover, though. Don't even say it would. Well, you have Indiana Jones, like, and then you got James Bond, who's just like, boom, 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 boom. shit. All right, I'll move on. Oh, back. you're wild. All right, Kevin, I'm just saying that'd you're be drunk. Dope. <laughs> home. I said I didn't know the reference, but I was learning that it was it was the Stones. I uh, listen, I appreciate the effort. I you were dead wrong. Eight for effort. effort. Yeah, I haven't watched. What is it? I don't even know. Don't ask. <laughs> anyway, we're going to end our discussion now. <laughs>
I think there's no better point to end this discussion. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please consider liking the video. If you're a veteran here, you better be liking this video at this point. <laughs> uh, subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Hit that notification bell. Share with your friends. Commenting your thoughts down below. What did you think of this discussion? Uh, what did you think of these chapters? Where do you think the story's going? All that kind of stuff, etc. Make sure you guys are subscribing to the AOA Reacts channel. The link will be in the description down below so you can catch our future live mm -hmm. streams for Tower of God and any sort of read-throughs or live reactions to anything for that matter. Don't want to miss out on it. A uh, big shout out to our patrons, especially our acolytes of anime, Stoic and Nathan. Thank you very much for your support. Couldn't do it without you. And finally, our question, uh, what position is Yuri? There, I said it because the battery's about to die and we don't have time for this. <laughs> so what position is Yuri? Answer the question and then hit us with your comment and we might just read it in our next episode. But until next time, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you on the flip. <laughs> Peace. Peace. Ninjas of samurais, blaze of the kunais. Find me in the leaf of the cloud, screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls though, who like seeing parts fly.